right? We're live. We did it. We did it. Yay. We're here. Hooray. I'm surprised you're here. You had a long day yesterday. I am surprised I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I was, Paul's just like, are you, do you want a podcast? I'm like, I guess. Like, yeah, I sent I a message I'm last night saying straight up, listen, if you can't make it, like, I get it. Also, Resident Evil 4 is out, so <laughs> I'm not going to be too hurt if, like, oh, no, I got to play the game I've been looking forward to instead of podcasting. Oh, no, bend that rubber arm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, we'll keep the, we'll keep this short, let's be real. But There's yeah, a lot of no. stuff to talk about, but it's all small new stuff that I'm kind of excited to just get out there. Like, if you look at the news, it looks like a lot, but there, it's a lot of release dates that are kind of cool, so... Uh, oh my god, no way. I can see what you said. It looks like a lot. Jesus. It looks like a lot, but it's not too bad. But uh, yeah, so you did the Pokemon Rivals, t Twitch Rivals Pokemon Showdown. Twitch Rivals Pokemon Throwdown. Throwdown, okay, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so for, refer for reference's sake, um, you had to play through Pokemon Violet. It was a two-day event. Day one, you played through Pokemon Violet and went as fast as you could through it. Like you got as you clear as many team star bases, as many gyms, as many titans as you could. Yeah. Uh, and then you were ranked based on that. And then you spent the rest of the day building up your team for the second day, which was Pokemon battles. They were doubles. And I've never done doubles before. And I've never actually really done Pokemon battles since like Gen 1. So you seem to be so in good was, company. There was a few people that they were like, yeah, that, I haven't played Pokemon yeah. in like at least 15 years or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay. no, I, I know there was like, so they, they marketed it as an all age, uh, all skill levels event, yeah. but being perfectly honest, it really wasn't. No, of course not. <laughs> because you get the few sweaties in there and they're going to roll yeah. everybody anyway. So there, there were, I'm not even saying sweaties. There were literal competitive players. In right. There. Of course. Like, like one player was even like, hey, after this, like, is this stream going to be done in time? I have my flight to regionals in, like, X amount of time. Oh, like, one guy was like, as soon dude. as I leave, I have to go to regionals. <laughs> and then there were a bunch of people in the room and later were like, yeah, I'll see you there. So there's just, like, a bunch of, like, high-end Pokemon players in the groups. <laughs> fuck those people. What the fuck? Come on. Uh, yeah. but uh, I mean, it was an invite event as far as I'm aware of, so. <laughs> I was basically a seat filler, so I did better than I thought I was going to do. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess, like, if you're listening to this and you wanted to check out those VODs, maybe stop listening for a moment. But I'm interested. How, yeah. how did things go for you specifically? Uh, uh, day one, I ranked 41st out of 63. Okay. So I was clearing seven, seven badges overall. So I got, like, three gyms, two Team Star bases, three steam, Team Star bases, I think. Okay. And like two titans, it was something like that, some spread like that. Uh, day two, I got put in a group with a bunch of players, and it was it was rough. But because so many people dropped out for day two, there was a buy in every group, so the buys counted as a win. Right. So my actual win loss for the round robin, which dictated your tournament, your groupings, and everything like that, yeah. was three wins, four losses. Okay. Which, I was I was just proud to have one win period. So getting three, even if one was a buy, was still nice. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the actual tournament where they had you split in four divisions. Uh, so it was uh, basically a single elimination tournament, sixteen players per division. Uh, I got uh, top eight, so I cleared. I made it to round two, basically. Cool. Not bad at all, honestly. <clears throat> so, so they were paying out for big, basically, if you played it all, you made money. So I think I made 450 bucks US, and I guess that'll be added on to my, like, my Twitch payout or something. That's, so. yeah, that's cool. Why not, right? Like, um, I mean, I'm not going to say you didn't work for it, though. I don't remember the last no, time I've God. seen you do a 12-hour stream impromptu. That, that was, <laughs> that was my longest stream that was not a charity event. Yeah, like... Yeah, if you're counting a charity event, I've got a couple that are longer, but yeah, the vast majority aren't were never 13 hours long. And it was definitely the longest stream I've done of one game. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was insane. <coughs> uh, I kept, I checked in a yes. few times. I liked your team. I thought your team was cool, uh, but I know nothing mm -hmm. about Pokemon and meta, so I don't know how good it was necessarily myself. My some 
I did get some compliments on some of my Pokemon, but yeah, no, that was nowhere near the meta team. Fair. Okay, yeah. Do you know what the meta is? The, the, like, what is the big? Pokemon? I mean, it, it, I mean, it depends. Like, there's someone gave me a list of like, here's the top ten Pokemon that are like always in competitive matches, mm-hmm. and I fought a lot of them in the what I would call the sweaty matches. Yeah. Uh, but none of them were on my team, I believe. Where's the list? Yeah, here we go. The top ten according to like win rate according to some site. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Goldango, which is like the the monster made of coins. Okay. Uh, apparently, he has a sixty one percent, I guess, win rate Holy based shit. on it. Uh, something like that. Uh, Meow Scareda, which is the cat, the Sprigatito's full evolution. I've heard a lot of people run ran that. Like a lot of other streamers, I kind of peeked in on. We're talking yeah. about that. Yeah. That character, that cat's uh, got a special move, which is ridiculous. So okay. Uh, a moon gus, which is the mushroom that has a pokeball for a hat. Okay. Uh, king, uh, kin gambit. Which I'm not sure what that evolves from. I think I know based on how it looks. Okay. Pelipepper, which is the big uh, pelican. Right. <clears throat> Dondozo, which is the one that everyone was warning me about, about like a sushi strategy where like two Pokemon together work great in doubles and they just become like ridiculously powerful. Oh, Okay. Uh, Paldean Tauros Aqua Breed. So it's a specific <laughs> breed of Tauros that? that's in the game. Okay. Uh, Dragonite, which I'm not yep. surprised to see Dragonite there. Uh-huh. Uh, Palafin, which is this dolphin that fucking, if once it leaves and comes back into the fight, it basically turns into Superman. Okay, cool. And Pawmot, which I think is like the Pikachu equivalent for this yep. area. Okay. Uh, that was the top 10 according to win rates, I guess, or win you shares. You didn't have any of those, right? No, not a single one. Yeah. Dragonite, I probably would have put in, but I never even found a Jatini. Oh, okay, fair enough. In my limited Pokemon knowledge, I like Dragonite, so like I probably would have accidentally have had one of those on my team, just based on that. But uh, these other... I liked your... You picked the uh, Salt Boy... I like. I was a big fan of so, that, yeah. and you picked up. Salt, Salt Lord was doing some good work. He was. He was definitely one of my best. And Foy Coco is was my favorite starter uh, in that game. Oh. Myself, I just thought he was adorable. I loved him. So I like 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 uh, Tito's my favorite out of the three starters. But like, man, Spicy Boy uh, did some fucking work. Yeah, he's cool. He's a cool dude. Uh, yeah. What is that? What did I have? I had. Uh, <clears throat> I had the. I can't even remember the name of it. Narca, like Garga Knockle or whatever the fuck it is. The giant block assault. Yep. Uh, I had uh, the spicy pepper starter as fully evolved. Mm-hmm. I had a Jolteon because that's one of my favorite Pokemon. I had a Halucha because that's one of my favorite Pokemon. Right. I had a Slowbro, which ended up not really working with how everything went. Man, the respect for, low, uh, for Slowbro, though. Holy shit. <laughs> So good, and uh, and Salamence. So that was my dragon I had in there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like from an Salamence outsider, good, so. those are poke- a lot of those are Pokemon I know and like. So I'm stoked mm. about that team. But like, I don't know. I also don't care about competitive, so I don't know how they. Do. Yeah, like that's a team that would get you through the game. But I don't know if you would be doing the hottest in uh, in competitive in like ranked. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like you got by with it, uh, literally. And I mean, you know. I I made money, so I can't complain too much. It's just that was just a long event. Yeah. Hopefully, next time they do something like that, maybe they uh, either tighten up how the they do like they allow timing things or whatever, just uh, so people don't drive themselves crazy. Which, as we know, I... streamers are one to do if you leave them to their own devices. Yep. So. You do get <clears throat> so Phantom Age says in chat, I did get pretty unlucky as well. Yeah, mm. one fight I only lost because paralysis hit and got me twice in a row. So like it, it did the you can't move twice in a row and it just it just botched any chance I had of coming that's back. That's a controller throwing across the yeah. room type stuff right yeah. there. That's why I know I stuff like that's why I know I could never be a like a competitive player. Mm-hmm. But uh my I only got eliminated from the tournament because I made a bad call. I had a move that was weaker but guaranteed hit and a stronger move that had a 70% accuracy chance. It was thunder. Mm-hmm. And I went with that and it missed. And that unfortunately dictated, uh, losing that match. So, yeah, 
the Thunder miss, unfortunately, kind of fucked me over. And people were in chat were saying I probably would have won if I had used the other move. But I had misinformation in my mind. Uh, I thought whenever you switch to Pokemon that was like Terra, Terra Size or whatever they call yeah. it, uh, they lose that ability. Turns out they don't. And if I had known that, I would have made a much different call. But I, didn't I think mean, I, knew that. I still did. Yeah, I still did better than I thought. So, like, I'm going to ruminate over it because anytime I make a mistake in a tournament, I always do yeah. that. But, like, I'm also, like, weirdly proud of how yeah. well I did. No, you should so. be. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, especially considering. I don't know that you even played that game at all before this. I didn't. Yeah. I fucking didn't. I I played it twice on stream, uh, which didn't even get me to the school. <laughs> I wasn't even at the school when I started practicing. Yeah. I practiced like Saturday or Monday. I forget what day it was. I practiced. I got from like right before the school up until having done one gym, one team star base and one Titan. Yeah. And then I just sat down and then did the four hour event and got seven points. So that intro was and so it built long. up. Fuck. Yeah. But like the other thing is too, like they didn't they didn't freaking tell us like we couldn't have COCOMs on until like the day before. Cause they're like, you can't be coached, but chat can tell you what to do. What? And I'm like, what? Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. No, for the for the four hour PVE event. Yeah. We weren't allowed to have COCOMs on because we didn't. They didn't want direct coaching, but the chat could say whatever they wanted. I mean, okay. I I have a few problems with the things I saw how this was managed. So I hope they do better next time. Is all I'm saying because uh, yeah, I think this could have been better than it was, but it seemed pretty fun for the people that were able to stick through it. So yeah, it, it was yeah. cool. I still, I still had fun. Uh, definitely had some notes, yeah. some feedback. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, I, I've now had my poke- competitive Pokemon experience, and I'm good to never have that again. Yeah, fair enough. Well, good on you. Uh, and uh, I, I've been sick, so I didn't really do anything this week. So we can just start the podcast as normal. With this being the top-down perspective. Uh, I don't think Sean says episode 659, but that's what it is. I don't think he does that anymore. Yeah, this is the date. Oh, yeah. It is the 23rd of March, and I am Paul Fleck. <clears throat> John Wheeler, who can't stop clearing his throat. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope you're not getting sick, too. No, I'm not sick. I just ate a bunch of food, okay. and that always happens right before, I, right after I eat food, rather. I got a bad cold. was down for like five. Actually, the night that we played Fortnite for a little bit, it started. Yeah. I was clearing my throat a lot, and then the next day I was out. I was done. <laughs> like, but uh, we're back in it, back in it, baby. Even, but because of that, I didn't play anything. So what? Uh, no, that's not true. I played the Diablo Four beta a little bit. There's nothing much to talk about because I'm still ruminating on how I feel about it right now. I'm still playing it too. Yeah, I, I've been hearing some mixed things, mostly good, but some mixed opinions on it. It's good, but it's lacking a lot of stuff, and I'm trying to pinpoint in my mind what those things are. So I think a little bit more time with a few more of the classes and I'll be able to talk more on it next week. Probably. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, obviously the only thing I played this week was Pokemon cause it's kind of all I had the time for. That's fair. So, uh, we'll just skip right to basically everything that the listeners contributed. I will say housekeeping stuff. Uh, April's TDP plus poll is live so you can go vote and, uh, we will know what our game is next week when we, meet up again so please go do that all right just jumping right into the news a whole bunch of stuff here Uh, starting with Famitsu's game awards for 2022 just some winners I'll quickly rattle off because they're in a tweet and this is how I like to do it it's super fast game of the year was Elden Ring most valuable creator was FromSoft best script was apparently Pokemon Scarlet and Violet which okay apparently this apparently the story is pretty decent by the end okay fair enough Best graphics is Elden Ring, which, like, I love Elden Ring, but this seems, a, that seems weird to me, but okay. I mean, what was in, the, what was the competition? Because I feel like that might dictate I mean, it. Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers actually looked okay, but yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, best online game, Final Fantasy fourteen, of course. Best action game. No surprise. Yeah. Uh, Splatoon 3. So that seemed like a weird thing for best action game, but okay like i don't disagree necessarily 
and uh, best action adventure game was Sonic Frontiers. There's more here. I'm not going to read all of them. You guys can go check out uh, Genki underscore JPN on Twitter if you want to see the full list. But that was kind of cool to see Elden Ring getting more praise. Of course, it's going to do that. Best character, Arvin from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I don't... Best RPG, Xenoblade 3. Most anticipated game, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, of course. <laughs> best best esports game, Valorant. Wow. Wow. Or Valorant. Okay. A lot of people have jumped on that game since it came out. So I guess that makes sense. And Stray gets another award for best indie game. Nice. I, I have opinions about that, but okay. I mean, I'm not mad. At, I'm not mad at them. Like, congrats. It, that's just weird to me, though. But that's fine. Uh, I didn't know what this was, and I tried to look it up a little bit before we went live here, but apparently there's going to be a Persona 5 The Phantom X on pl mobile platforms, a Persona 5 game. And I don't really know what type of game it is. I'm Currently release has only been confirmed for China. Yeah. So this struck my fancy because uh, <clears throat> I didn't really want to talk about it, but these last couple of weeks I actually jumped back into Persona 5 and have been trying to like get through it, basically. Been playing more of it. And that game is fantastic, and I'm kind of in the mindset that I should just keep playing more Persona stuff. Like, those games are so good. Mm. Those games are interesting when you get into them. Yeah. I'm watching the gameplay trailer right now, and it basically looks like a weird retread of five. Like the animal mascot character is an owl. Uh, you're you're a thief, but you look like very different from how uh, the main guy from five looks. Yeah. Well, I, I say very. He's still somewhat similar. A lot of the areas are running through look exactly like areas from five. So it looks like it's reusing some assets. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> the fights they haven't shown the actual fights yet in the gameplay trailer they've just shown running around talking to NPCs yeah they showed winning a fight they showed starting a fight but not the actual fight yeah it is very odd <laughs> this thing's very odd <clears throat> yeah and it, it's a completely new thing apparently and it's set in this world so who knows man it seemed interesting though so weird that it's specifically the persona 5 world too yeah uh frog frog gun uh is getting a sequel and that comes out this oh, summer oh wow <laughs> already yeah frog gun encore announced for ps5 xbox series uh ps4 xbox one switch and pc due out this summer apparently I still need to play that game, even though I, I've wanted to and I just haven't. So the fact that they're making another one already makes me feel like I'm already behind. <laughs> game came out in what, August? Yeah, August of last year. Yeah, I thought it was last year. That's crazy fast turnaround. Yeah. But uh, good for them, I guess. I, I hope it's good. Have you played Frog Gun? It's another one of those ones where I'm like, hey, I, I put it up to my chat as a vote, and it didn't win, <laughs> so then I just haven't had a chance to play it. But yeah, I know of it. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. It does look good. That's why I'm mad at myself that I haven't just played it yet, but I mean, probably not going to play it for a bit still. Oh, well. Uh, this was just submitted to us, uh, a bunch of... A tweet with a bunch of Elden Ring stats and stuff in it here. Oh, yeah, this was cool. This is cool. Uh, according to Bandai Namco, 5.9 billion boss attempts were made in the first year of Elden Ring. 69, nice, percent of 9 billion deaths were caused by enemies and NPCs. Top five boss attempts, uh, of course, number one was Melania with 329 yep. million <laughs> attempts. Jesus. Uh, I'm sure I took up about a third of that myself because, holy shit, did I suck at that boss fight. I've never felt so inadequate at anything in my life than playing that boss. That boss fight is brutal, though. Yeah. It made me feel good that, like, it became kind of a meme how hard it was because I don't remember the last time I've struggled so much with something in a Souls game. God, that was so bad. Um, Margaret, the fell omen, two, was second place with 281 million which makes sense because that's the first real boss in that game uh for people to get used to 
and then the, the other ones make sense. The end boss is number four. One of the harder bosses, one of the cooler bosses too, is the fifth. Uh, the tree sentinel being there also makes sense as third because it's the it's first hilarious. thing that you just see and it kills you as like that is hilarious. Number, yeah, a level one. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty great. Uh, what other stats? Fourteen percent of deaths in the game caused by falling to your death. That seems low. Fifteen percent by status effects. I know it doesn't. I fell a lot, honestly. I was surprised only 2% was caused by another player. Yeah. I'm guessing a lot of people just didn't do PvP. There's such a big I can't blame them. Like, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even think about it for the first year. So much to explore. And then 69% nice enemies and NPCs. Uh, summons, co-op versus invasion. 88% of summons were co-op and 12% were invasions. Um, top spells cast. Rock Sling, Crystal Torrent, Glintstone Pebble, Great Blade Phalanx, and Rotten Breath. This is kind of interesting because uh, Horfrost Stomp was broken to the point where it one-shot most bosses for anybody in this game until they nerfed it. Uh, so I'm surprised that's not up here, but they nerfed it somewhat early, so that's probably why mm. people stopped using it. Uh, yeah, no, this is Rock Sling, Crystal Torrent, and Glintstone Pebble. Those were the three spells I use the most in my magic run, so I'm absolutely not shocked those three are in the top five spells. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, Glintstone Pebble is literally the spell you start with. Sure. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, I didn't use uh, sorceries, really, so I don't really know them, but that makes a lot of sense. I did use Rotten Breath to just see what it looked like, and it was kind of cool. And uh, most most acquired incantations were Blessing of the Erd Tree, Bestial Sling, uh, Golden Vow, The Flame of Frenzy, and uh, Bestial Vitality. Just to round that. Ah, uh, The Flame of Frenzy. The Flame of Frenzy is so good. Oh my god. This news was very exciting to me. Um, so, a long time ago, a guy named Richard Hoffmeyer made a game called Cart Life that kind of like struck the imaginations of a lot of people on what you could do with video games. Uh, me and Nathan Rohr specifically got super into this game when it came out. Uh, and then it kind of disappeared. And Richard Hoffmeyer, I can actually uh, call... I'm somewhat friendly with him. Like, we've been chatting over the few years. I didn't know he was re-releasing this, but he kind of got out of being a dev he kind of like thought it was bullshit honestly so the fact that he's mm. coming back because like he found some cool people to interact with and is back into doing the game thing is super awesome like i'm so happy to see this thing but cart life which was previously you were unable to really get it in any easy way is coming to steam and there's a whole article about uh richard hoffmeyer and uh them bringing that back with ad hoc studio so if you have any interest in weird indie darlings from about 10 years ago, be sure to check that out. It's very, very cool. Uh, EA is delist delisting some games, apparently. I didn't really look too hard oh, into this. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Uh, there, some of the games are surprising. Yeah, so the games are Battlefield 1943, Battlefield Bad Company 1 and 2, by the looks of it. And Mirror's Edge. And Mirror's Edge, yes the single player game <laughs> yeah they're doing this because the online services for them are getting shut down so i guess they're like no one's gonna want to play the single player and they're shutting that down too so you just can't buy them anymore like ea just doesn't understand that people don't always just want to be in a world with a bunch of other people they don't get it that's why they lost like the plot with dead space that's why they lost just they're fucking minds, man. I don't get what the hell they're doing. Oh, They took Mirror's Edge off that list. It's no longer being delisted. Is that because of people complaining? Oh, yeah. EA has made a correction and does not plan to delist Mirror's Edge after all. That is true. Okay, yeah, they changed it. Okay. That's good, because like I think the only Mirror's Edge online features is just like a fucking time trial leaderboard. That would have been an insane reason to stop selling that yeah. game. I get the Battlefield games because, like, multiplayer is a big component. Yeah, but, like, for sure. Mirror's Edge was such a weird addition on that list. Yeah. Man, EA drives me nuts with that shit. They just don't get that people like single-player experiences sometimes. 
a lot of people. <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm glad that people complained and that they changed that. That's good. Uh, speaking of connecting to the World Wide Web, Amazon Luna is out in Canada, the UK and uh, Germany as well. You interested in getting your Luna controller? I haven't. I have not heard of this. I haven't even seen this controller. Yeah, I haven't really seen it. I'm actually going to look at it for the first time here. It is oh, there's a, some good games on this it list, It is a though. pro controller with the Luna symbol on it. <laughs> mm. That is what that thing is. Which, sure. There's some good games on this list. Mega Man 11, Contra Collection. Are you, well, maybe not. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> well, it might be Devil good. May Cry 5, Earthworm Jim... Yeah, I think these One are all two, the games with Prime, right, are available. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like yeah. a lot of these are. Skatebirds there, Sonic Colors, Sonic Mania, Tetris Effect, a lot of SNK stuff, Mummy Demastered, the Trails of Cold Steel 4 and 0 games. Yeah. Or Tales from Zero, rather. There's a lot of good stuff on here, honestly. It's, it is crazy. Uh, there is a free seven-day trial, apparently, that people can try out it is 12.99 a month after that and the controller retails for 99 dollars and i believe that's canadian 99 or 89 canadian sorry 90 canadian okay, let me look at this controller wow you were not it's kidding. crazy right <laughs> wow yeah <clears throat> it's pretty funny honestly that thing is a pro controller so if you like the Pro Controller, maybe it's worth just having. Only four games per month of the 100 plus are available with Prime. The rest you need a monthly sub to do. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Oh, I see. Okay, so the Amazon Luna games included with Prime until March 31st, as of right now, are uh, Legends of Heroes Trails from zero trails from zero yep uh packed couch get packed couch chaos mega man 11 and sail forth those are the four okay uh i i want to believe in cloud gaming but i know that the infrastructure of canada and the states make it impossible for most of the country to do it well right now so yeah, we'll see. This is like, this is where we need Sean here being like, actually, cloud gaming is a future. It's like, yeah, of course. You're in Silicon Valley. You have the best internet <laughs> in the world. Like, of course, you know that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Crash Team Rumble is out in June. And the beta, or a closed beta, I should specify, is coming out mid-April if you pre-order. I'm kind of nice. interested in this thing. It looks fun. Yeah, hopefully it ends up actually being decent. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's going to retail for $30 for the standard edition and deluxe edition for $40. Uh, this seemed interesting to me. Apparently, the voice actor for Venom, uh, Tony Todd, in the Insomniac game Spider-Man 2, has uh, said that the game is going to launch in September with a big publicity push in August. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. I. It's weird, though, because it's not even like... His tweet literally says, I'll read it, looks like September. Massive publicity coming in August. <laughs> Commercials start dropping in August, so I'm told. Hold on to your breath or whatever. Like, it's not even like he accidentally flubbed it. He just came out with it so he just straight up said it hilarious it's kind of interesting but i and people are saying like is he breaking an nda or is this maybe part of some weird like yeah we'll let you leak it and then people will start like talking about it and then we'll get press for it for free or whatever it's weird this whole thing is odd how it was done yeah, why would you tweet that is exactly what I mean. It's crazy. I Maybe he just doesn't understand that it's like the video game industry really wants to keep that shit in lock and key until... Secret. Yeah. I mean, don't forget how early Norman Reedus leaked Death Stranding 2 and apparently like the one of the voice actresses in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 leaked it year, like, a, like months to a year before it was announced. 
Yeah. Or something insane like that. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to quickly look up his uh, his Twitter and see if he, like, deleted it because this... He probably this did. This is a screenshot that I'm reading right now, and I'm kind of interested. Visions of Johanna. Just a bunch of links. Yep, there's definitely not a tweet on his Twitter saying this stuff. I'm almost... It almost looked like a reply, but yeah. It, yeah. And I'm almost wondering now, was it faked? Would they would the internet lie? The internet never lies. What are you talking about? Did the internet lie to me? Yeah. I don't know. This is weird, but who knows? I I just want that game, so I don't really care when it comes out as long as it comes out. Uh Lego 2K Drive was announced coming out May 19th. I don't think much is known about this, but I really like the idea of a racing game. Almost seems like a uh, Forza Horizon sort of thing with Lego cars where you literally build the cars that you want to drive with Lego pieces. Seems great. And at least at least it looked like in the video you could go in the water and your car would turn into a boat. Yeah. And you could like do... They looked like there were different vehicle forms you could take at a moment's notice to kind of go through different terrain. So kind of like a Sonic and All-Star racing combination, which honestly sounds really fucking cool. It looks great, yeah. So I, I'm interested in it. Uh, who? What's Visual Concepts? Visual Concepts is uh, the ones who do the 2K games, WWE, NBA. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a little worrisome, to be honest, but I don't know. I think. Oh yeah, I played a bunch of their. They did a bunch of like SNES games back in the day. They're they're they not. Did. Those weren't the best, but I, I mean that's a long ass time ago. So I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they've learned from Clay Fighter Tournament Edition and Harley's Humongous Adventure and well, Spot the Cool Adventure for Game Boy. Well, hopefully they didn't. <laughs> hopefully it's like mm-hmm. just weird and janky, but kind of fun. I don't know. I I hope it's not some weird. When I see the 2K thing and, like, know that they did, like, NBA 2K, I get worried about these weird microtransactions wow. and stuff. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's that's basically all they've done since, like, 2000. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's got to be so boring. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're, like, this is going to be great because all that pent-up creativity finally gets to come bursting out at the price of... Sixty nine ninety nine on the PS five and Xbox Series and six fifty nine ninety nine everywhere else. Unless you want to pay more money, you can pay one hundred twenty dollars to get multiple vehicles, flare in game minifigures, and the Drive Pass. So yeah, that's all there. That's all there, which scares me a little bit. But if it's fun, I'll probably pick it up. I've been looking for kind of a new Forza right now to get into, and that seems great. Uh, with Sean gone, we can finally talk about Sonic the way I've always wanted to, and that uh, <laughs> Sonic Origins Plus is coming. <laughs> Hooray! That's that's I've been wanting to say that for years, and I finally get to. Uh, it's gonna and all it took was Sean being gone. <laughs> it's gonna add Amy, which hell yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. I didn't care about that, but that's cool. That's a cool thing to add, and uh, twelve Game Gear games. The Game Gear games are. Uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Sonic Blast, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Drift 1 and 2, Sonic Labyrinth, Sonic Spinball, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, Tails Adventure, Tails Sky Patrol. And you can also just upgrade your old version of the game to uh, with some DLC paid to get that all unlocked too. I mean, I, I'm a, I do like Sonic games, honestly. I don't think they're great. But like they're usually pretty janky and shitty in some ways, but they're fun. I find them fun, so this is kind of cool. Yeah, ten bucks upgrade Sonic Origins Plus. The game itself will be forty bucks. Yeah. Uh, this was the big one I wanted to talk about. The Last Ronin ah, is becoming yes. a game. <laughs> yeah, baby! I finally read this this year. Oh shit! Didn't you talk about this like a week ago? <laughs> You talk- I read this in I thought read this at the beginning of February. Yeah, you talked about it on the podcast though, but that's so weird that 
you read it and then it became a video game. Yo, you should You're read welcome, more shit. You're welcome, internet. You're fucking welcome. You should read more shit. <laughs> I'm just going to start giving you <laughs> <me> books. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. The Last Ronin is becoming a third... Uh, a... Uh, third-person perspective RPG, I guess. Like, God of War, people are saying. Like, a big action RPG. Yeah. Uh, people should just go read that first. Honestly. The Last Ronin's a really good graphic novel. That's Ninja Turtle-based, if you're wondering why I read it. so Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I not say that? This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, no. The Last Ronin, in case yeah. I forgot. Not everybody just knows, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crap. <laughs> yeah. No, this is super exciting. It's a. Uh, I don't even want to really talk about it because people should go check it out. It's a dark, like. I mean, you can probably guess the last Ronin. Yeah, just go check it out. <laughs> it's good shit. Highly recommend. You can get a, a hardcover that has it all combined in one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting, and uh, I can't wait. To see some actual gameplay or something from that. I was just super stoked to see that come across our Discord feed. I had no idea. Did you know about this? I'm sure somebody tweeted you. I had heard about it like today. Okay, yeah. yeah. Today or yesterday, one of the two. All right, fair enough. All right, that's going to do it for news. Let's move on to questions. Oh. Where people... Yeah, the last round of video game adaptations being developed by an unnamed studio is likely a few years off, so... Yeah, we're probably not going to hear anything about it for a bit, but... Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. So, if you want to write in, it's topdownperspective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's PO box. And you can be like Kevin, who says, what is the best endless modes in video games? I mean, I enjoy, like, Tetris is where they just keep getting faster and faster and harder and harder. Tetris is pretty good. Yeah, I'm trying to... I don't like a lot of endless modes because I feel like what I'm doing doesn't matter. Like, mm. the thing I like about horde modes or something is the idea that you can beat it. Like, there will be an end if you do well enough, even though the odds seem overwhelming. I don't like the idea that you will just keep getting attacked until you literally cannot stand it anymore. Tetris is probably the best. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Yeah, I'll probably go with that. All right. Matthew writes in and says, what animal would you keep as a pet if care costs and risk of injury or death weren't an issue? Tyrannosaurus Rex. But if that doesn't count, just fucking go with an elephant. Okay. I mean, this is easy for me. Bears. I love bears. Uh, I think they're fucking Mm. adorable. And I would... I have, as growing up, actually considered, like... Is it possible to live a lifestyle where I have a sanctuary for, like, animals like that, like bears and, like, wolves and stuff like that? The answer is no, because I don't know how to deal with them, and I would definitely die, but I fucking love bears so much. They're my favorite. Uh, Owls are awesome, too. Uh, Owls are a good choice, too. Owls and falcons. Yeah. Some big birds. Oh, and then the big cats, like a tiger or panther or something. Oh. You too could be the Tiger King. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, nothing. No, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> Change your mind immediately. Immediately, yeah. Dead writes, is there a game genre that you think can never produce a 10 out of 10 game? And what genre is this the hardest in? Simulation sports. Because yeah. no matter how good the game is, people are still going to dislike it because maybe they don't like the actual sport itself. Yeah. It's weird because, like, theor- okay. Hoity-toity the- I- theoretics? No. Every game genre could produce a 10 out of 10 game if it's catering to people that like that genre. Theoretically. Yeah. But... I mean, that's not Pop, what this yeah, question like, is asking, honestly. Pop, Popsky says fighting games, which is actually a pretty good answer, too. Because, like, and fighting game. Yeah. Have there been any? There have been a lot that have come close, in my opinion. Smash Brothers. <laughs> like, I don't even like Smash Brothers that much. But, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't fault somebody for saying that's, like, a 9 or a 10 out of 10. Yeah. 
Probably not Tekken, even though I love Tekken. Like, but I know what Tekken's like. We all do. Every Tekken fan knows what it's like. We know it's not 10 out of 10 material. <laughs> Fighting game's really good. Skullgirls was really close. Same with Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Soul Calibur 1 was Famitsu's first 40 out of 40. That's a good point. Tekken literally got a perfect Te score in EGM. Yeah, but it shouldn't Tekken have, is three. what I mean. Because that's ridiculous. <laughs> so what genre is that the hardest in? Like, fighting games is good. Probably fighting games, yeah. What about, like, a racing game? Are there any 10 out of 10 I was races? I was just thinking of that. I'm like, I can't think of a racing game where I'm like, this is the perfect racing game. But then there's always, like, simulation games. There's always, like, everyone loves, like, the Gran Turismos. Everyone loves the Forzas. Yeah, this is hard, I think, for, like, people like you and me. Or just, mm. Our answer is, like, simulation stuff because we don't like simulate. Actually, Sean, too. He doesn't like simulation stuff either, really. Yeah. So... Hmm. You know what? That might be the answer. You can't really produce a perfect simulation game because you can't perfectly simulate something digitally that is has a real life equivalency maybe yeah that's also again maybe too academic of a top of an answer but there it is oh uh, yeah so, uh, kairashi says fundamentally speaking any game with gotcha-esque elements might also count in that respect because of enforced fomo especially if there is content yeah. that's intentionally restricted to limited time or release events or even regional that one also makes sense yeah, because even people that wail in those games understand that the like, it's not good. <laughs> they just like it, which is fine. But like a lot of whales in those games won't call the game they wail in a ten out of ten game either. That's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, VGC Kenny says video games are now more accessible than ever. In turn, they've become more mainstream. In turn, things that are more casual are becoming more popular, while things that are more geared to specialists are waning a bit. How do you feel about this phenomenon as specialists? You have a video game podcast, you can't argue you're not specialists. Oh no, we're definitely specialists. Don't we? I know more video games than people should, and I'm not even like big into this. I own more video games than yeah, people no, should. Yeah, no, trust me, we're definitely specialists. We don't deny that. Um. Uh, I mean, as someone who doesn't can't put the time that they did as a kid into games, I I'm fine with it. If I was around that age and had like that level of responsibility, I'd be mad. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not, so fuck it. <laughs> there it I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you, the audience who gives us some money and listens to us every week. I I have some elitist attitudes of like sometimes of if you don't do this this way i kind of just don't like think you're a fan like i get the i get shitty like that sometimes but overall i do think people enjoying stuff i enjoy and being able to talk with them is more important than those shitty feelings i get sometimes so i'm totally fine with it honestly raster man writes do you have a favorite color in case you do do you usually go for customization items, skins, accessories, filters of said color in video games in case you don't? Uh, are there any general colors you lean towards choosing if given the option? Does it depend on the game and item in question? Uh, I have favorite colors for sure. Yep, same. Uh, yeah, red, it's like blue, red, orange, and black. Okay. Uh, but I will not always tie it into like like if i make a creative character they're not necessarily using those characters or those colors rather it just depends on what strikes my fancy i've been using a lot more pinks lately i've noticed okay and the pinks kind of look pretty good pinks and purples yeah i mean purple is my favorite but color yeah. so purple yeah. i will use purple in every i make my character's hair is purple i will make their like items purple ish or whatever i definitely do this yeah yeah Uh, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Phantom Aegis writes in and says, Ahoy, TDB crew. What are some of your favorite stories that contain time loops? It could be breaking the loop, causing it regardless, or a bootstrap paradox. Um, okay. Uh, ghost trick. Okay, yeah, that's, I mean, sure, that's good. Death loop seemed like super easy to pull in my mind, 
because it mechanically it mechanically drives that story as well like i thought that was very mm. well done in fact i don't think that gameplay is necessarily very good but the way you go about playing the game is super intriguing which makes that game fun <laughs> otherwise it's just kind of a shooter uh yeah i th- that's probably one of my answers i'm trying to think of something older some weird paradox stuff the Forgotten City is fantastic. Sonic 06. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never played through Sonic 06. <laughs> and you're not missing out. I guess that story, yeah. Yeah, cuz that it's like the same story that like you see a bunch of the different perspectives on, right? Kind of what how that uh, does it. That's that's one way to do. It. That would be that would count. Zero escape. Oh, zero like escape. Sonic yeah, Zero Escape, like I said, Ghost Tricks, like anything, I'm thinking of anything that just like literally is like rewinding time and stuff like that. Sure, yeah, fair enough. All right, I will read this book from VGC Kenny. Oh my God, Kenny. VGC Kenny writes, so I just listened to the latest episode and you guys wanted to hear what game I was thinking of when we this question. That's true. I asked, I asked for this, oh. so I... What was the question? I don't remember. The question was... Uh, do you, is there a game where you love the gameplay, but it's the weakest feature? And I wrote in saying, oh, like, okay. write in and tell us, like, what game you were thinking of, because this seems like a weird question. <laughs> oh, Prince of Persia. How the hell did I even think of Sands of Time? That's that's probably one of my better, favorite, like, time loop games. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just to reiterate for people listening in case they forgot, a game, game where you love the gameplay, but it's the weakest feature. Uh, so his answer... Uh, the answer to that question is a game called Wintermore Tactics Club. Also, I may have slightly exaggerated my position. The gameplay might not be worse than the graphics and music of the game. Also, the game did crash on me more than a few times, but I think it was because I was playing it on an old computer that was filled with all sorts of data. Okay, But to get why I said that, I really like the gameplay. It's a tactical RPG in the vein of Fire Emblem. The battle mechanics are really cool and interesting. It's also combined with a visual novel adventure game and that is what it is i don't mind it but doing stuff that unlocks upgrades i don't mind it because doing that stuff unlocks upgrades for combat the gameplay is solid but it might be limited in scope of in scope compared to fire emblem still it's a very fun game to play the writing in the game is fantastic at least in my opinion i feel like the game was almost written for me it's incredibly hilarious and also heartfelt i obviously love the game to death but it has a lot more to do with the writing than the gameplay uh, the difference between how much I love the writing and how much I love the gameplay is a country mile, which is why I asked the question in the first place. I may be overselling you on the game in a realistic sense, but this is one of my favorite games of all time. If I was certain everyone else would love this game as much as I do, I'd probably be underselling it, but alas, I am not. I think you'd like if you gave it a try. I have played this game, by the way. Um, so for anybody who might know not know what this game is wintermore tactics club it's kind of like think a visual novel of a group of people in a school called wintermore um and they there's like visual novel stuff going on in their day-to-day life but the gameplay loop is that they get together after school and play D essentially and that's the tactics rpg where you're playing their characters for them on like a D map or whatever um I would argue that the writing and the story is the thing that is about that game. And it's not the weakest feature by your own admission. So, because <laughs> I think the combat feels, like you said, somewhat lackluster. So I would argue that it's a visual novel story type thing first and a... Uh, tactics game second like it's feeling it definitely feels more lackluster than like a fire emblem uh so i i feel personally like you just admitted the exact same thing but that's fair i mean people might think that the combat is better or whatever in that game yeah i don't know but thank you for writing in i appreciate the answer also that game is good for what it's worth people should check that out i think it was on game pass for a while I don't know if it still is, but yeah. Looks like looks like it's on basically everything. I saw a Switch version instead of coming out in 2020. It's cool. It has a lot of style. It has it does have good writing. Like I definitely recommend people ch- uh, check it out if they kind of want that sort of thing with their tactical RPG stuff. 
Sukasuka writes in and says, favorite non-fantasy RPG? Non-fantasy? Okay. Can we count like Mass so Effect? So sci-fi. Yeah, Mass Effect. 100%. Yeah. Sci-fi, high fiction. I guess high fiction is technically like fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I guess like since we're not counting Chrono Trigger, even though it kind of hits all genres, I guess like Earthbound? Okay. Yeah, that's a great answer. I assume by fantasy you're referring to high fantasy, so like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings, Final Fantasy-esque. That's what I was thinking, too. Kodor is a great Classic answer, Final too, from Popsky. Ooh, yeah, Kodor. There you go. That's a great one, yeah. That's a kind of hard question, though. Like, I, not many things came to mind. Earthbound didn't come to my mind right away, but that's a good one. Hmm. Uh, final question from Lineback. What makes a game difficult, a difficult game, rather, fun for you? If it's difficult but fair, yes, if it is it's got to feel like it was your fault, not the game's fault. Yes, one hundred percent. And it has to kind of give you an ability to get back there quick. Yeah, like like Super Super Meat Boy was so beloved because like it was difficult, but like you were in very tight controls, and when you died, you were basically immediately back in the game. Yep. Uh, I mean, to varying degrees, people complain about the Souls games. Uh, once you kind of crack on, crack the code on how those games kind of feel and play, uh, they become more, like, the progression in them feels funner than, like, you don't die as much at some point in those games. So, that's one. What are other hard games that people talk about? Devil May Cries, your Bayonettas, your classic God of Wars. Like, stuff, like, really deeply mechanical that when you kind of, like, understand how... When you see the coding of the yeah. game and you can do cool shit in it, it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. A game that makes you feel like a badass, even if it, like, can take you down instantly. But if it gives you that moment of feeling like a badass, it just it gives you, like, the adrenaline boost you need. It makes you feel awesome. Yes. Agreed. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, again, I mean... We didn't really play a whole hell of a lot or talk about that, but we had a lot of submissions. I got 17 hours of Pokemon if you want to watch that. <laughs> go to my VOD channel. Yeah, there you go. You can definitely do that. Uh, what was your game of the week? I guess Pokemon Violet. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would just say like some random other thing, but I mean. Sleeping. Sleeping is my game of the week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to Diablo 4 so far. I need to play more. God, I need to play more. Not going to happen now with Resident Evil 4 out. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.